Hey Coconut, so welcome back to second part of our three-part series. The first part, we are very focused on how do you prepare? How do you prepare to ask for the pay raise, right? What, you, what should you have? What should you document? How do you, essentially, how do you substantiate to your boss, your manager, your hiring manager that, hey, you know I deserve a pay raise? <laughs> But yes, after after all that preparation, the reality is you haven't probed the question. So yeah, you're not there yet. And after preparing all that stuff, I really doubt you want to be randomly asking your boss, hey boss, can pay raise on? No, no, it's, it's, come on, come on, coconuts. We want to be a little bit more strategic, right? So today we are going to narrow down and focus on during this process, during this process of asking for that pay raise, how do you probe the question? How do you stage it? How do you increase your success rate in this process? So so hopefully, at the end of this process, you will hit the jackpot. Get your pay raise. Not that $50 pay raise. I'm very annoyed by those things. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. My name is Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and today I continue with a great friend of the show, Adrian, to double down on this process of asking for pay raise. Today, today, we focus on how do you ask your boss. Yes, and we are back to part two of uh, our three-part segment uh, with Adrian to talk about how to get your pay raise. And in part number one, I think we've established some points before you get asked for your pay raise. And in part two today, we are going to talk about during the pay raise, the, the exciting period, you know, like the jittery, you want to knock on your boss door, you know, <laughs> and be like, ah, boss, ah, I want to get a pay raise. How does this process work? How, how does this process usually look like for, for most people? Adrian, maybe you can Help us understand this because I think you've said last week that some people are in a more structured situation, you know, like because of the organization that they're in, there's a whole process that they go through and some people maybe a bit more wild west, like a bit ragtag, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, how, how, so how do we see the field and how is it like during this thing? Actually, there's uh, still a couple more things. So of course, one of the key things is, last week, of course, spoke about the kind of things that we need to collate, the information on hand, your accolades, etc., etc. But it is actually somewhat similar to studying for exam when you don't really <laughs> understand or haven't had the opportunity to practice. There's no lab work. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've seen this quite a number of times. I've gone through, and, I, and and last time when I was doing recruitment, we were sent to our candidates, this very long guide. Okay, these are the things you, you must say. Huh? These are the things that they may say. These are the counterpoints. And they may say this, and then you counter this way again. Everyone read the guide. It's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Can, can, can. 
But on the day of asking, right, they're like, oh, okay, lor. You, you want to underpay me? I cannot. Okay, okay, okay. No problem, no problem. Okay, 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 okay. Where do I sign? No. Okay, 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 okay. Mm. So everyone seems to have this fear. And I think negotiation, honestly, is not something in our blood. Lah. And when I say our, maybe it's Singaporean, maybe it's Asian. I, I don't really know. But it's definitely not something that many job seekers I've worked with are comfortable in doing. Uh, unless, of course, you have been brainwash that what you're so highly sought after. Let's say you, oh, I, I last time lead software developer at Google. Every month make 20 over K and I only graduated six months ago. So obviously, you know where you stand. Uh, your ego is bigger than your paycheck already. So, but no, no offense to all the Google software engineer. Just using <laughs> as an example. So, so I think the practice part is extremely important. And these are instances where you have to try it out with your friend on video, practice in front of camera. Ideally, with a good friend. Uh, so you can really bounce off and be prepared to say what you want to say and also to react. Uh, accordingly when some spana is being thrown into all this because even though we have the very long extensive guide it is in a scripted environment but things usually go off script so when you go off script then you have to understand the principle behind them otherwise you'll be like uh, eh, uh, it's not in the guide leh, your, your, your answer I don't know how, <laughs> how to reply to you <laughs> then gone already your chance is gone but I think beside that I think uh, over and above a, a few things like seven of them the first thing is really to have good faith and a good attitude lah you do not want to go in guns blazing while wears bang 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 and then expect yeah so with, with that as a practice backdrop right you find your best friend to try to support you on this now we are gonna go into the main battle right actually at the crux or even during you know this process of negotiating and asking for money right it, it may be a little bit more longer than what we think it's, it's not a one kind of discussion point there's usually multiple points you know during this whole discussion when you first bring it up and during the process when people come back to you back and forth right so, so I presume Adrian, when we're talking about during, is the whole process, right? Correct. Yep. So I, uh, I think I also want to clarify with the listeners: it's not going to be a one-off thing. It's not a single movie. This can be a series, <laughs> and sometimes many seasons. It's like going, hey boss, I, I want to pay race. Okay, then you run away. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Please. please. Yeah. And, Wait, give and give also, us a bit of clarity on this. Yes. How 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 does it look like? So usually in a typical company structure, whenever you try to. Again, it also depends on when you bring up the topic, whether it's off-cycle, on-cycle, how many people are involved in giving the approval. Uh, usually when it comes to off-cycle kind of uh, changes, you need usually like senior management, everyone aligned. And that means you have to pull everyone together and they will not deliberately, hey, tomorrow can we hold a senior management meeting just to see whether we want to give increment to Susan or not? No one's going to do it. La. <laughs> it you has just to be Susan you, oh, now, bro. It has to be Susan. It has to be Susan. It has to be Karen. <laughs> so usually they will then just park it under the agenda for the upcoming senior management meeting and then everything got to wait. No? Uh, then the other and thing, uh, of is course, it a real, uh, just a question, right? Is it, is it a reality that the higher you move up, the the corporate ladder that means the bigger your role the longer the process is it is usually the case and uh, especially in some companies you even have to say get the approval from the remuneration committee in some company where they do have that board of director and they have remuneration committee so on and so forth so it can be a bit complicated but it depends on their purview la. some remuneration committee just look at the CEO salary 
Some may be a bit more extensive and to look at all the C-level salary, so on and so forth. But anything below that, I don't think it will come under their purview. So back to that, I think, so, and you also have to align with how fast HR can process all these things. They can tell you yes right now, but it may be yes, uh, but it will take effect two years later. Then that also <laughs> doesn't make sense to you. So you have to see how all this uh, functional aspect would work. Uh, it's very hard to give one single answer that cater for all situation. It, I think the best way is to look at the company's legacy, how fast they have handled such situation to give yourself a bearing on how long it may take. But again, you have to go to HR, HR have to write approval. And if it's a busy payroll month, then HR will drag feet again. So all this, so on and so forth. Lah. So all, all these factors may come into play. And that's on the, on the assumption that everything soon, soon, you know, mm. uh, we haven't talked about resistant point. What if your manager dispute and say, no, no, cannot la business not doing well la etc etc all this may drag things out furthermore which i will touch on later on nice nice so give us point number one during our ask for more money how is this gonna work what, what are some tips for us so i think the, the key thing is the first thing you want to do is really to ask your boss the right question now on assumption you already know what is your kpi what's your uh when whether you are on track, below track, above track, I'm assuming you dare walk into his office to ask because you are way above. These are reflection questions you want to ask him. So uh, what's your top priority right now? Do you remember when you hired me and I was asking you uh, what would a good performance look like? And you mentioned X, Y, Z. And if we were to revisit that good performance, where do you think we are right now? Uh, on the assumption that, of course, everything works in your favor, then you raise that kind of question. So that will help you to showcase a... Hey, when you hire me, you tell me to touch that tree and run back. I did that. In fact, I touched the tree two times, then I run back. Mm, mm. So you actually over and over and above delivered what is actually required of you. So that would put your case in a much more believable and a convincing manner to drive your point across. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing, of course, is you have to prove your worth. Lah. Uh, and to prove your value. And we mentioned in last week's episode, you have to collate the things that you've done, your accomplishment, and tell them, tell your boss the main points uh, and remind them the things that you've, you've done for the company, what you can do for them, talk to them about the specific project, the sales that you have boosted, the cost that you have cut, and also to share with them the professional goals uh, to show that you plan to stay with the company for long. In Singapore context, uh, it is very is considered an achievement especially for younger employees to stay around a, a company for more than two years or at least two years i met up with a ex-colleague recently i realized over his past i think three four five jobs has been like one and a half year one and a half year one and a half year and it's um, around my age so i think given especially the gen z it is much more it's a uh, much more impressive la, to be able to stay that long and how would one person stay that long a few things your goals alignment professionally is same as my personal goals. And the other thing would be the kind of developmental goals, uh, developmental programs that you have for me. Importantly, you want to share across and to drive across, I will stay on with the company if this is going to happen. Hiring is very expensive, very tedious. And in today's context, you put up a job at, you'll be lucky if you can get five candidates and all five candidates are actually Singaporeans and PR. That is how challenging it is today. So I think savvy employers would know that the opportunity cost is so much more significant that they will sit down and calmly negotiate and discuss with you on what makes sense. So you just want to position it well that hey, I will stay on. I will not be 
I will not give you another recruitment headache. That is in, in essence what you're trying to paint across. The other thing is really to listen and to ask the right question. Uh. You, want to, you want to understand from them, of course, in instance where they say, no, like, actually, I don't think so. We have to wait further down the line. Or maybe they will tell you, oh, no company not doing well, department not doing well, HQ say need to cut costs, etc., etc. These instances are things that are beyond your control. But having said that, you, you can work together to set some timeline. Okay, so on assumption, things turn back. When do you think this is going to happen? What can you personally contribute in order to make that happen? Uh, what is the ideal scenario that has to happen in order for us to have this conversation three months, six months later and to arrive at a favorable situation that is win-win for both of us? So you want to pin it down as clear as possible because in many corporate settings, one of the key things and key issues that cause a lot of angst is misalignment of expectation because things not said clearly. So you want to say it as clear as possible. Uh, what can I do to make you move towards me? What, what, how do you plan to really help? Uh, how, how do you plan to make all this work together with me? And uh, what is the kind of budget that we can look at? So on and so forth. So both of you has a line of sight, a common line of sight and work towards. That's under the setting that, of course, things may not go that well and you have to dig deeper. Uh, and really, uh, there, there'll be instances where, of course, things may turn well. And then that is where you can try to put in a number. Okay, I want this figure. I want that figure. And this is really, uh, for, for lack of a better way to, sh to, to put across, very pasamalam, honestly speaking, <laughs> in many settings. Uh, I want 50k, not 50k, 45, 45, oh, 47, 47. You know, it's quite pasamalam. And I think uh, in, in many of the settings that we had back in recruitment, right, one of the things that I always tell my candidate, especially when we know, that the candidate is the number one pick. We will always tell them, okay, you tell the hiring manager, this figure, if you can promise me and accept this figure, I sign within the next 24 hours. Because a lot of time, especially in a new job setting or maybe sometimes in a counter-offer setting, the last thing you want to do is, okay, la, I counter-offer you, I make you happy. La. Then you're like, oh, you wait, huh? You take the, take, the, take the document, go to another company. Hey, you see, you see, my company, current company want to offer me this. You want to pay higher. And that is what company want to work uh, around and not have it happen. So having all these smart negotiation techniques will really move things forward for you. On assumption, this company is really the one that you want to stick with. So just tell them, okay, this budget, uh, if it's okay, give me a solid answer. I will sign on the spot. I will sign end of the day. I'll sign within 24 hours. And then everyone can close case, move on to their normal daily tasks. Interesting. It kind of sounds like when I'm asking for a period, I'm going through the whole re-interviewing process. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It, it sounds a little bit like that, right? Like when I first haven't participated in the job, like I haven't joined the company, that's the whole interview process, which I think a lot of people are really kind of familiar with. You know, uh, you've seen so much going around and uh, you, you know, you, you're listening and you probably have already gone through an interview process and, and a recruitment process of your own. But it does sound like, you know, like the whole point number one, which is essentially asking the right question and setting the stage, right? It does sound like 
we are going re going through this uh, recruitment process again, but internally. Is that kind of what I'm sensing? It is, it is. And you can imagine the kind of uh, macroeconomic setting difference this may play as well. If you're in a bull market uh, and you will bring this up, I think company will be like, okay, I can, no problem. I, I give you more. Uh, no issue. But if it's in a recession period, despite this, everything else being equal, the chances of you getting it may not be that high. And also knowing that it's a recession period or down period, company may also be much more unwilling to budge even if they can because they have the power. Ma. The power is in their court. So all these things are also uh, small little stuff that, I wouldn't say small, uh, are stuff that you want to take into consideration as well. So essentially, whatever that we think of when we are trying to get a new job, all the ideas, all the land, because I think a lot of people do recognize it, right? Like in a good times, you have more negotiation power, bad times, less negotiation power. I think that also applies when you are inside the company already, right? And um, like what you said, asking the right questions, setting the stage and yeah, and all that, right? Essentially trying to, it sounds a little bit like dating, you know? Uh, so what do you think is my worth? You know, have I uh, met your expectations, blah, blah, blah. Is, is there some level of that, you know, on top of the whole Pasamalam negotiation? I, I think you're quite spot on. I mean, in, in our setting, we... Many Singaporeans who, uh, the key trigger is actually get a BTO, right? Mm, and usually mm, during mm. BTO, then they realize, oh, actually our character not compatible. La. Want to break up, cannot break up because of the stupid <laughs> BTO. La. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I think when everyone has vested interest in the common thing, they will just lock through law. I, I'm not encouraging people to go through a bad relationship, but in many business relationship setting, maybe you don't even see eye to eye with your boss. Maybe the direction of the company may not jive well with you. But that doesn't matter as long as you are moving in the same direction. It becomes a win-win situation. So yes, to, to a large extent, it can be quite similar to a personal setting just done in a corporate room. Okay, and uh, this brings us to point number two. And what would that be during negotiation? Some good tips. I think the key part here, which I've seen many times happen, uh, is you want to really keep it professional and business-like. You want Keep to be professional very and business-like. Correct, correct. Although in front we say it's a bit like a relationship. It is, <laughs> it is a bit like a relationship. But you see, the, the, the key thing here is you want to make sure that the context, it is quite ironic. It is very similar to when you, when you go for a job search, when you go for an interview. Your company will ask you, why you want to work for us? The logical answer is I want to make money. money la. La. <laughs> want me money. La. But you try but you to say that in the this setting, rosy la. picture until uh. like, oh, you know, I believe in your company, Misha. I was like, oh my God, so now very tossy. Uh, very, you know, it, it, but is that the expectation? Similar expectation. Okay. Similar okay. expectation. Nothing has changed. Okay, so okay. whenever this and, kind and of when question... We will, and we will continue this after a word from our sponsor. Okay, being business-like, professional, but at the same time, got a bit of dating vibes. <laughs> yeah, to t tell us a little bit more, how, how does this work? So, as we were saying uh, before the break, uh, in a normal job search setting, when employer to ask you or interview to ask you, why you want to work here, you never tell them, oh, I want to work here because of money. Lo. 
people say Google pay very well, uh, so I interview here. Lor. No one will give something that blunt. La. It will always be, oh, align with your mission. Uh, Larry Page is my idol. You know, that kind of stuff in order to show everything else. Oh, and by the way, you all will pay me, right? Uh, so it's always a by the way thing. It's as if you work not for money. It just happens to be a consequence. And when it comes to <laughs> a salary increment, it's quite similar as well. So every time this kind of topic comes into play, you have to put on your Chinese opera makeup already. <laughs> Everything become a show, become a facade. Uh, so, which means to say, you will not want to say, oh, why, why I'm asking for salary increment? Ah, ah, you know, la, childcare costs increase. La, my chai peng also more expensive. <laughs> Those are your own house problem, not <laughs> my <laughs> company problem. <laughs> even <laughs> though they may be legit, even though they may be true. I'm sure they everywhere are legit, in the newspaper, yes. It is true. <laughs> but true. you... You want to paint across that this is not something that is up due to your individual problem because company will always see it that way that you um you, it's not their problem to take care of your personal issue. Is it still true? Is it still true to today? Because I think there's a little bit of a change in the overall vibes out there, right? Where companies, uh, whether or not is it ex- actually true, like whether or not do they really care about your personal life, there, there is this shift in stance where they try to, you know, f- make you feel like, oh, we care, you know, it's more than just a work, blah, blah, blah. Of course, like, when all your employees make a lot more after a few years, like, you definitely got to care about more than just work. If not, they're going to tell Chao, right? So, so com- companies give me a feeling that that's the situation. But is it still true that your own problem actually is your own problem? Whatever they say, is just a marketing kind of thing. A company definitely have been progressive, uh, much more progressive, especially over the past two years when the talk of mental wellness, burnout and all that come into play. I know companies like Salora, they even have an employee assistant program where they will finance your therapy session. La, they will have some hotlines for you to call, etc., etc. Et but ultimately, end of the day, headcount will still be an expense. You have to contribute so that I will contribute back to you. So those are the kind of things that you want to emphasize on ultimately. What are the kind of contribution you can bring to the table? So why do I have to pay you more? So I have to pay you more because you're going to contribute more. You want to take on more scope. You have gained more experience in doing things a better way, a faster way, a much more scalable way. And that has provided some impact for the company and will continue to get more impact for the company moving forward. So those are the things that you still want to very much emphasize on. Um, so back to what I'm saying is really the, the, the personal aspect, of course, those would think, be things that will definitely matter to you. But if you were to bring that up, I think it may occur to the employer, okay, uh, go up by 50 cent and then you want a salary increase increment then next time type and go out another 50 cents next month and then are you going to come back to me for another increment so always try to increase (laughs) so so you want to really make sure that these are not not seen in a very cynical light that you're pursuing this because you're doing it not just for yourself but also for the company in terms of retention in terms of motivation and in terms of getting the best out of me because this is what I think I I can contribute even more so as much as it is your personal interest at play, you must also factor in the business interest, right? which is what you mean by you know keeping it business-like and professional, right? So 
whatever personal reason is your own personal reason as much as a company want to say that they can encompass all people and all that reality is these are your own personal reasons when you go into a negotiation for salary it is still about the business factors what you can bring you know what was the future like together and and, and all that that's what I'm hearing right yeah that's right nice ah, so give us the third tip for during asking for more money on the salary aspect, another thing and another common thing that candidate as well as employee make a mistake on is to propose a range. They always say, "Oh, you know, I can. Uh, you can give me an increment of maybe five to ten percent. Okay, I'll five percent. No, obviously, <laughs> right? I will take the lower one. Uh, uh. So essentially, the third tip is to give a fixed number and not a range. Yes, give a fixed number. Of course, we mentioned in the previous episode, uh, you need to do your research. You don't just anyhow pluck a number or percentage from the sky because that number or the percentage may work against you. It may be something too high and then you just disrupt the entire discussion or it can be too low and then you're undercharged. So with the right data point, then you can confidently say, okay, I think with all things considered, knowing where we are, knowing where our competitors are, knowing the landscape, the market, to also help your boss understand, wow, this person really think through that. Micro, macro factor, everything thought through already. You can write a thesis already. <laughs> I, I would like to ask for a 5.75% increment, for example. And that would make it a much more convincing point. You have already studied the landscape, everything has taken into account and to ask for that solid number. Having said that, as with all negotiation, you always want to go with a bit higher to create that buffer room because negotiation is not just a logical thing. It's not just a number thing. It can be a psychological thing. And I think we can easily see this in Singaporeans go to Bangkok night market. Can spend 30 minutes uh, arguing oh with the God. night market seller for 100 uh, just, to, just to save that how much? <laughs> 50 cents sing equivalent. Mm, 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 Super mm. waste of time. But psychologically, it's a win. It's a win for them. So likewise, is your boss that kind of character or not? Or maybe your boss is the business owner. Then the more so that they'll be very much particular. They'll be being counter. They'll be penny pincher. So you want to make sure that they have this particular say. Even if it's not a business owner, there will also be instance where the boss want to have a win. So that your boss can go to his boss or her boss to say, oh, actually, uh, she asked for 10%. But uh, based on my managerial uh, convincing <laughs> skill, I managed to bring it down to 5.7%. So that is also a win ma, for the manager and to put everyone in a good light. So uh, remember the psychological play and the fact that people may also want to appear to win ma, in that situation, even though end of the day, they will end up paying more. Okay, good. Um. I want to get a bit of clarity on when should I factor on whole numbers? When should I ask on uh, percentages? Right? Because it's very different, right? If my base salary is 4-5 and I ask for a percentage compared to if I ask for a full number because like $500 increase doesn't sound like a lot but when you put it in percentage terms, it sounds a little bit crazy. You know? So when should I kind of position for whole numbers where I ask, oh, this is what I want? And, you know, uh, when do I present it? Uh, oh, this is a, a 5% increment because it is what it is, you know. So, so yeah. <laughs> so, so, I think you're trying to present it from the lowest nu numerical value perspective, right? So, that it mm. seems low. 
So yeah, it yeah. seems like, oh yeah, nothing lah. Just pay yeah, me lah. It's nothing only, one la. Only 10%, not a lot lah. You know, but when you factor in, it's like, wow, actually this 10% quite a bit lah. Right? So, so yeah, when, when do I decide which one should I present to my, my negotiation partner? Obviously, the I mean, if you're looking at it from that lens, uh, the lowest absolute number or figure would actually make sense. But having said that, I think this may also be quite non-material because at the end of the day, they will still take out a calculator and calculate one. Yeah, but it's material for me, right? You know what I mean, right? Like, like 5, 5, 5% to them, you know, it's maybe bucks, you know. Um, but, but the material impact on my end is serious, right? Based on the amount that I want to go for. But, but I, I get what you're saying, right? So... I think the then the extended question will be, right, so then how much buffer should I ask for then? I, I personally would factor in a 15% buffer. 15% over and above what is that percentage or the amount that you're looking at. Not not over the, the your, your salary as a denominator. La. That would give sufficient, I think, sufficient bandwidth for people to play around and to work around and to come up with something that may arrive at a win-win situation. Okay, cool. Yeah, so these are the pretty much the three points that uh, you should actually do while you are during the negotiation, right? So, and I'm going to sum it up today. Point number one is to ask the right questions and pretty much set the stage for yourself, right? So, in this process, you want to, a little bit of a dating, like ask your boss, what's your worth and all that and kind of set the stage right, right? Rather than just uh, going at random and just say, oh boss, I want to I wanna have an increment, right? So, because I think by now, we all realize that it is uh, pretty much similar to dating. So, uh, setting the stage right, asking the right questions, I think that is uh, great, great uh, clarity on how how should we look at this thing and during the negotiation, what is a great foot to start with. And point number two is to be business-like and be professional, right? In other words, you may have your own reasons and probably it's because of your own personal reasons that you go in and ask for increment. But in a business setting, pretty much your boss and your manager, your company, they are they are mostly or predominantly concerned about the business numbers, right? So keeping it business-like and keeping it professional, I think that would uh, help you. And of course, that is the main focus of your company. And of course, point number three is don't go in with a range, go in with an exact number. Because if you give a range, uh, there's a tendency to take the lower side of the range. And if you need to, uh, factor a 15% buffer on top of the desired salary that you're going for. Uh, because essentially, it's a negotiation with a little bit more buffer. It helps you uh, to ultimately achieve what you are looking for. With that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerfully interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on social, sign up our newsletter. Everything is in the description below. But if there was one thing I really wanted you to do, I mean, I mean let's be real. Uh, there was one thing that I really wanted you to do because I wanted you to do so many things. <laughs> it's to share this on your socials, help us grow, get us out there, keep us growing, right? Like, so if we grow a bigger network, we have better negotiation power with our sponsors, we can do more content, right? So all that stuff, you know, we really can't do it on our own. And I hope that you can partner with us and share this on your socials. With that, I'll see you next week. 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so this is part two and I hope you find that, okay, it's a bit clearer because I know sometimes when we do certain episodes or certain topics, we're a little bit all over the place. You know, this week we talk about this, next week we talk about the other. And I hope that in this three-part more structured process, you, you will actually pick up a, a very clear process of how do you get from part A to, to essentially the your goal, right? You <laughs> should ask the pay raise. So yeah, I hope, I hope you find this uh, format beneficial. And next week, we are going to talk a little bit about how do you best choose a brokerage because I know these days there are a lot of brokerages and recently also another coconut on our telegram group asked me about brokerages so next week we're going to talk a little bit about how do you best choose a brokerage since there are all of them all of them trying to court you right give you Tesla share la, this thing la, that thing that's so all sorts of benefits so how do you then do it so yeah I hope that if you have already already have a brokerage it's okay you know you can still tune in and, and hear if your decision was right if you are still on the fence you haven't really started these things yeah, I hope next week's episode will be beneficial for you. I'll see you next week.